Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Hey Amen. Open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. And we are going to look at that verse we've been looking at for uh, over three weeks now. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be what? Ignorant. The, the gospel is more than just a valid historical, theological, ideological, philosophical uh, framework. It's the foundation for all spiritual power. And these gifts of the spirit are just that. Let's take a look at Romans 1 and 16, and we'll come back quickly to 1 Corinthians. This is Bible study, so I'm at ease throwing lots of scriptures at you today. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. So we see here Paul had absolutely no reservations about the gospel's ability to stand uh, above and beyond any competing religion, worldview. He was totally confident. He was not embarrassed. He wasn't timid. He was not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel in itself had had all the weight it needed within itself to defeat every adversary. Because he goes on to say, for it is the power of what? God to salvation for everyone who believes. So the gospel is the lever through which God releases his power into this fallen world. So the gospel is how God gets that power out to to people. Then he said, for the Jews first and also the Greek. So we see here the power of God is available to every ethnic group, you know, uh, every people group, male, female, rich, poor, uh, educated, uneducated, whatever you are, you know, every human burden, every human distinction becomes absolutely immaterial uh, when, when you, when you uh, consider the, 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 the hurricane force speed, if you will, of the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit, now if you're a human being, you know, you cannot stand out there without, you know, something else covering you or protecting you on your own. And that still is no, the Holy Spirit created the wind. So, you know, the, the wind is, is just a tiny, not even an inch of God's power, if you will. So all of our issues, all of our challenges, all the weight of our concern, that is like really comes to zero uh, in the face of the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, let's go to verse 2 of uh, verse 12 of 1 Corinthians. Now I'm going to begin to, I'm already moving fast because we got a lot to cover. Can you, are you keeping up with me? Okay. Uh, now we're going to keep moving on, uh, move down a little bit in 1 Corinthians. We stopped here every Sunday, but, but now we're going to very quickly, though, inject some points. You know that uh, when you were Gentiles, carried away uh, to these dumb idols. Now, dumb here does not mean stupid like it typically means today. Dumb means silent or without ability to speak. Uh, then it goes on, however you were led. See, back in the ancient world, uh, oracles spoke for idols. So you'd be a person, you know, the oracle of Delphi, and you'd be speaking for your particular God. And uh, the, the idol itself never communicated. The idol always needed a person that a demon could kind of come in and uh, speak to them, or someone could just make something up and, and, and speak as well. But this was done in contrast to the living God who speaks through the Holy Spirit. See, God speaks through his spirit, but these idols did not speak through themselves. So he's contrasting idolatry uh, with the worship of the true and living God. Verse 3, therefore I make known to you that no one, no one speaking by the Holy Spirit. Now, by the way, if he had to say this in church, this means it probably happened at church. 
So don't be surprised at some of the, the nonsense sometimes that comes along with these spiritual gifts. But uh, I'm going to say this over and over again. Uh, the Apostle Paul in the early church did not throw out the bath water, the baby with the bathwater. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus a curse. So obviously some people were doing this. Uh, any voice or spirit that deprecates Jesus is not God's voice and is not God's spirit. It is absolutely impossible for the Holy Spirit ever, ever to speak ill of himself or Jesus. John 16, 13, lest you think that was just my thinking here. Um, let's take a look at what's said. However, when he, the spirit of what? Okay, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. When he has come, he will guide you into all what? Truth. So the Holy Spirit only traffics in, or better, transmits truth. Only truth. That's the only thing he deals with. Uh, the devil is a liar. The Bible calls him the father of lies. Meaning the first lie had everything to do with the devil. And that actually happened in, in the garden. Uh, but the Holy Spirit cannot lie. It's opposed to his nature. It just God can't lie. He's, he's, he just can't do it. Uh, it's actually impossible because if everything God says is so, then how could a lie become the truth when God says? It's just impossible. You get, when you start, you start wrapping your head around, it's impossible for God to uh, lie. For he will not speak on his own authority. So he's not going to come and say, well, I'm the Holy Spirit with a new revelation. Follow me. He doesn't speak on his own authority. Now, he's as much of the Godhead as the Father and the Son, but he doesn't speak on his own authority. And, and that, you see humility here uh, within the Godhead. Um, and that's why we have to be humble uh, as we walk with God. But he will never speak on his own. He will never make a big spectacle pointing to himself. Everything he does always points to Jesus. Let's keep reading. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will what? Speak. So he's not going to come with a Holy Ghost message. He's not going to come and build... A, don't mistake the way I'm saying it's a Holy Spirit church. He's building the church of Jesus Christ. There will not be a new message other than the message that Jesus Christ delivered on planet Earth. Stay with me. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things what? To come. So the Holy Spirit is in us also to tell us our future. But often we're not listening. Often we're too busy watching our program, our show, or, you know, doing that, that, that work or, or on the phone. And, and often we're not really listening, but the Holy Spirit wants to say, hey, don't, you know what, down, down the street, two blocks down, you know, don't, don't go out for that walk tonight. And I'm not trying to make you nervous. That's a negative example. But, uh, you know, he, he could be witnessing to you. Stop, stop being so upset. You are going to get married one day. Stop being so upset. You're going to come out of this financial mess. He, he will show you the future uh, if you let him. But watch this, verse 14. I'm in the book, right? He will glorify me, period. That's all the Holy Spirit does. He comes to glorify Jesus. And that, that, he will never deprecate Jesus. That's the opposite of glorify Jesus. So if any spirit is ever making less of Jesus and making less of Jesus' atonement, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's not the Spirit of Christ. It's a different spirit, and it's probably a different gospel. He will glorify me. Watch what, what the Holy Spirit does. I know we think, well, the Holy Spirit's kind of sovereign. He's just mystical, does whatever he wants. No, Jesus says exactly what the Holy Spirit will do. And yes, he is uh, mystical and, and, and sovereign and all those things, but uh, uh, God holds his word above his name. 
And uh, what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit is absolutely true. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine. Not what's of Muhammad's, not what's the Dalai Lama's. He will take of what is mine and declare to who? You. So the Holy Spirit's only job, only job, is to reveal, deliver, and demonstrate the things that Jesus provided at the cross. That's it. He will only demonstrate, he will only reveal, he will, he, he will only uh, uh, deliver, again, things that Jesus Christ uh, made possible or accomplished uh, or made available to us through, through the cross. So the Holy Spirit is in our lives only because of Jesus, only because of Jesus, not because of you. Uh, Jesus came because of you. God so loved the world, he gave his son. But the Holy Spirit is holy. How many know we're not so? without God. Jesus is the only one that lived a sinless life. So Jesus, who became our atonement, he he bore the penalty of our sins, all the things we know. He died for us in our stead. He took the punishment, the wrath of God. He absorbed it all. And still, you know, he was was overpayment for for our sins, all all those types of things. Um, And because of Jesus, now the Holy Spirit can come into our hearts. And in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came because God was looking forward to Jesus Christ. Now the Holy Spirit comes into our lives because God's looking back to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So before Christ came, before the foundation of the world, uh, Christ was slain. So God knew Jesus would pay it all. So when they killed little lambs and all the rest and went through the atonement, all that pointed to Jesus. So God accepted that as a figure of what was to come, and uh, he covered sins. Uh, but then after Jesus came, uh, you know, time passed. Now we look back to what Christ accomplished at the cross, and we benefit from it. Does that make sense to you? Okay. Okay. He will, this is what the Holy Spirit does. He will glorify me, not you, but Christ, not me. For he will take what is mine, Jesus is speaking, take what I purchased at the cross, what, what I received from God uh, as your perpetuation, all that, and he will declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal, to declare, to demonstrate all those things, what Jesus has made available through his death, resurrection, ascension, sinless life, all those things. Okay, back to 1 Corinthians 12 and 3. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. This is important. Our reverent and submissive attitude toward Jesus is the first evidence of God's hand in our lives. So if you want to know if God's really at work in a life, check people's attitude toward Jesus. This is, this is, I'm in the book. Now, I can't cover all these. We could dig into each of these points and probably spend a, a whole night, but we're, we're kind of moving somewhere, and we're, we're going to keep moving, and I'm going to salt your, your appetite, if you will, and, and kind of point out a few things as we keep moving, and then we'll, we'll get to our place of, of focus. But at this point, Paul, by the Holy Spirit, has laid the cornerstone of lordship. And he lays this cornerstone of lordship before he starts talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And what goes wrong with the gifts of the Spirit is when people don't really submit to the lordship of Christ and the authority of God's word, and they try to step out in the gifts of the Spirit, problems occur. And actually, all that we read in Corinthians is uh, polemical, big, big word, but what Paul is doing is addressing a problem. 
what happened at the Corinthians church is they got baptized with the Holy Spirit. People began to speak in tongues, and we'll read some of these verses. And then what they did every Sunday is they come together and just speak in tongues. Matter of fact, let, let me read that to you just so you, you know that. Uh, this, this is not on your notes uh, at the top, but um, can you quickly go to 1 Corinthians 14, 22 through 25? I'm going to read it really quick. Again, we're covering a whole lot in a short period of time. 1 Corinthians 14, 22-25. It says, Therefore tongues are for a sign, not for those who believe, but to who? Okay, this is important. Just to, to challenge some of the things you probably heard about the subject of tongues, but this is not our focus tonight. How could speaking in tongues be a sign for unbelievers if unbelievers never see it? Because many of you have been taught in your churches that, you know, you can speak in tongues, but you never do it in the church. You never do it in, in a group or an assembly. But you got to read the whole chapter. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but for what? Unbelievers. But then we'll, you'll understand this when we go back and cover the scriptures that we started already. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Uh, therefore, watch this, verse 23. If the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues, this is what they, the Corinthians were doing. Um, the, the, the problem was they would just have these tongue, tongue services. And everyone would just shout in tongues. Everyone would, would kind of maybe have a word. Then someone would speak over somebody else. It was just a huge mess. And Paul came to untangle all of this. And uh, so I just want you to read in the text. Therefore, the whole church, the whole church, this is what was happening. So the whole Corinthian church, imagine we have, you know, a thousand people in this room. Everybody comes in here speaking in tongues. Does anyone imagine the problem? Okay. And then there comes in someone who's uninformed, meaning they've not been trained in the word yet, or they're unbelievers. Will they not say you're out of your mind? If this is all we do on Sunday, uninformed people, as well as unbelievers, will think we're crazy. So what he's doing is correcting this. He's not saying never speak in tongues in church. That's not because we got to keep reading scriptures. Uh, and, and you'll see that that's not what he's saying. But what he is saying, if that's all we do, there is a problem. So people just thought that that's all the church should do. Now, by the way, we might have a leadership meeting that's not open to the public, and we might do that type of thing. But uh, in general, when you have people coming in, that's not what you do. You'll even have Sundays when the power of God moves and you can sense the Spirit of God. I have to be careful because um, there are unbelievers in the room. There are also people that uh, have not been trained well, and it's vital that uh, you know, there, have been there have been exceptions, but, you know, I'll, I'll ask the Lord a couple times, what should I do, what should I do? Um, but those people that aren't accustomed to the Holy Spirit, they're just going to think, well, this, they just sing at that church, and they don't get a word that they could take home, nothing concrete. And even with the worship, a lot of times they're not really entering in, so that's not really impacting them. So Sunday's kind of evangelistic. It's a lot of things. We're, we're ministering to the church, but it's also kind of an evangelistic uh, setting. Uh, then he, he goes on, but if all prophesied, I'll stop, stop right there. But let's go back to where I was in uh, Corinthians. Are you able to follow me so far? Yes. All right. Verse 4, after establishing the cornerstone of lordship, he starts talking about spiritual gifts, which he said, I don't want any of you ignorant. He means I want everyone in this church to understand these things. So everyone in here, he wants you to understand the things that we are talking about. So we're, we're going to uh, look at them. He said, there are diversity of gifts, but the same what? 
Spirit. So the Holy Spirit releases various gifts into each of our lives, but what unites us is the single source, the one source of those gifts. You know, no matter your background, uh, if you know the Lord uh, and you come in here and we're, we're worshiping God, uh, you, you can't help by recognizing that same spirit that saved you is in this place. And I don't care if, if you, you know, if you were raised, you know, to believe differently than, than uh, we, we believe here. But if it's the same spirit, you'll recognize it and your baby will kind of leap, if you will. You, you understand uh, the language. So there are diversity of gifts, but it's the same spirit. So I could go to a setting where uh, they might not embrace spiritual gifts. But I recognize it's the Holy Spirit as they worship, and, and he's in the room, and, and they are worshiping my Jesus. And, and it might be a little bit different, but uh, it's still the same spirit. Do you understand? What makes us followers of Jesus Christ is, is the fact that we are recipients of the Holy Spirit uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. So uh, some things, ideas we have in our heads are different. But it ought to be the same spirit. And our spirit ought to bear witness with other people's spirit, even though sometimes they're a little bit different than uh, we are. And he says there are different ministries, but notice he keeps pressing the same thing, but the same Lord. It's like, don't use these things to divide. Uh, you know, we, we may have different ministry responsibilities, but we're, we're all serving the same Jesus. I happen to be a pastor. Uh, there are other pastors in the room here. You, you kind of serve pastorally here. Other people, deacons, other people have gifts of helps. And just a zillion, zillion different things in this room. We all have different gifts and, and different uh, uh, administrations, if you will. But it, it's all to serve the same Jesus. So the guy that works in the parking lot out in the cold in the heat, he is using his gifts uh, to serve Jesus doing his thing or, or her thing. Actually, we have ladies out there, too. And um, it's not that, oh, he's better. No, no, no. We're all serving Jesus with our various gifts. Do, do you, you get me? Okay. And there are diversities of activities. He's mentioned um, diversity of gifts, ministries, now he says activities. But it's the same God who works all in all. Do you see, the, the church was very divided over spiritual gifts and the rest. So he's trying to bring unity. So we may do different things in life, but it's still the one God working through us all to get the job done. Now let's focus on the thing I wanted to begin to talk about. Then we'll launch into something else. Uh, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit. So... The Spirit can be present, but not really manifest. Yes. He's talking about the manifestation or the muscle or the flexing. We talked about this on one of the Sundays uh, of the Spirit, uh, meaning I can be in a room with my kids and um, they can even know I'm present, but that's not the same as me reaching into my wallet, giving them $20 bill. It's not the same as... Uh, you know, uh, I, they might feel my presence, but let's say if they fell down and I picked them up and I, uh, I put something on their wound, um, that's a manifestation. It's not just me being present. It's me doing something. Do you understand? The, the ministry of presence is very important. Like when you're sick in the hospital, sometimes just someone's presence is just a great blessing. Um, but you don't just want people present. You want a doctor to also come in there to do something about your situation. So the manifestation is kind of like the doctor coming in to do something. And the presence of God is just God being uh, present. All right. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. This is important. This is why the subject's important. According to the Bible, I'm not talking about your last church, according to the Bible. Come on. Come on. God gives each one of us, not just pastors, Come on. not just elders, evangelists, no. He gives each one of us. That's, is that what the Bible says? 
It's given to each one. Now, if I went into a room and I said, I want to give each of you $10, how many people in that room are going to get $10? All of them. Each one. So this is why this is important, because each of you have gifts. Yes. Yes. And if you discover your gift, you make us so much stronger collectively. Okay, let's say there are 20 people. One person knows what their gift is. And everyone just salutes them. Wow, they're wonderful. They know their gift. They're a weak group. But imagine if all 20 knew what their gifts were and they used them in concert. So I am not at all, I don't at all feel like I've done my job if people say, well, you know what, Bishop, man, you got a gift. What about your gift? That, that, that's, that's weak if it's only one person's gift in the room. Yet, so we all have to tap into our gifts, find out, you know, how God's gifted us and how, how it flows. Now, right now we're only talking about nine gifts. There are other things that are listed elsewhere, but I, we can't cover everything all at the same time. Uh, but what we will do tonight is begin to cover the gifts of the Spirit. Now, the King James Version says this, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Of all is in italics, meaning it's not there, but that's pretty much what, what the language means. And, and what he's saying is that we all benefit when we discover our gifts. Each of us have a gift, um, and it behooves us to discover that gift. Uh, because uh, one translation said it's good for, it's for the common good, uh, meaning that, again, uh, everybody finding a place is, is really important. And also, you see the word prophet. We've covered this. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is profit. Uh, he, he, he wants us to, to, to win. And part of us winning is discovering our uh, gifts. Now, the nine gifts listed here can very easily be uh, divided into three categories. Say with me, three. All right. And here are the three categories. Gifts that reveal something, reveal. Gifts that do something, do. Gifts that say something, say. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.